This week's Devil Detail podcast. I'm Rob Paxton, and we're here talking all things Salford Red Devils. Joining me on the show this week, as ever, we have Paul Whiteside. All right, Paul? Hey, Rob, you okay? Yeah, it's been a few weeks, mate. Uh, I've missed you terrible. I've missed you as well. I've missed missed everybody, really, mate. It's uh, it's funny times that we're living in at the moment. It's, it's strange, and um, yeah, I think we we just got to do the best we can, haven't we, in this this sort of situation? And hopefully, things will get back to normal sooner rather than later. Yeah, well, obviously, the coronavirus. Uh, pandemic in in full flow at the moment, Paul. It's it's certainly a you know a dangerous world out there. Uh, if obviously you you like me, you need to self isolate. Yeah, it is. I mean, you you've just got to follow what the government say to you, I suppose, haven't you? And just be sensible, keep your hands clean, and you know do this this two meter rule. And you know everywhere's closed now, isn't it? So all the shops are closed. Most of them are packed in the supermarkets, and that's so there's nowhere for you to go anyway. So. Yeah, you just got to look after yourself, and you know, just just look after your, your your loved ones, and make sure you, you know, the vulnerable people in in your family, and that have got the medicines and, and the food and stuff like that. But yeah, it's it's a difficult time, but I'm sure we we can all get through it. Yeah, you and all all the key workers keeping the the country going, Paul. I salute you for all your fantastic work you do. Well, to be honest with you, mate, it's been business as usual, really, for me and my job. We've just been going to work and, and just getting on with it. Obviously, you're a bit more cautionary than you normally are with your hands clean. But I've always been pretty clean at work with me, sanitizers and stuff like that, because you never know what, what sort of... Not that I'm disrespectful to people's houses, but some houses you go in, you know, you won't leave your dog in them, they're that, <laughs> that dirty. But no, you've just got, to, just got to carry on. And to be honest with you, I feel lucky in a, in a sort of a weird sort of way that I can keep sort of a normal sort of day-to-day day-to-day life really my, my lifestyle has more or less stayed the same and I'm one of them people me I don't think I could stay in the house you know for days on end because I like to keep active and I'm, I'm I like to keep moving all the time and, and keeping my mind occupied so so really it's been it's been good for me but you know I understand that there's a possibility I could get a furloughed in my job depending on what what goes on in the next few weeks but at the moment we've just got to carry on helping vulnerable people and that because a lot of our work is elderly people and you know, people who can't get about, and you've got to keep them warm and keep them with the hot water and stuff like that. So, so yeah, I'm just trying to keep me, myself safe as I can, mate. If I had your job, Paul, I'd have a six foot pole with a thermometer, on it, <laughs> and I'd be having them say, "I put, I put that in your mouth to start with before I walk in your house." That'd be the first question. Uh, no one comes near me anyway, mate. Every time I go out for a walk, people cross the road. <laughs> so they, they come towards me. I'll cross over. I must look dodgy, mate. That was, that was pre. I was pre-corona. That, that was normal. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, obviously I've been doing self-isolating. Uh, you know what? It isn't quite so bad, really, because you do the jobs that you don't normally have time to do. Mm. The house is, you know, it's like getting stuff done, and it's and it's kind of like, you know, takes your mind off it, really. You know what I mean? Also, got other, yeah. I've had other other health issues as well, uh, which aren't which aren't great. I've not got not been able to get kind of tested for stuff because of the corona, because all the hospitals are like, yeah, corona uh, mode. So then any other sort of Tests or operations or whatever are cancelled until until they get yeah. back, the back end of it. Like so, kind of in limbo a bit. But you know, it's the way. It is. I feel a bit better now. Felt a bit ropey last uh, first few weeks. Like, but you uh, you did a fine job carrying the pod, mate, and uh, talking all things Salford to all our listeners, and uh, much appreciated. No, no. Just going back to what you said there, though, about you know people in in society, and that I think you've got to sort of say a prayer for people who have got cancers and things like that. You know, and other illnesses. Um, because at the moment, I'm not saying they're getting put on the back burner, but if you're pretty poorly now with some some sort of other than Corona, how, how are you going on? Do you, is your scans getting cancelled? Are you getting to take a back step? So I just hope you know people are all right and uh, you know we can get through this as as quick as possible because the, the hospitals and that have got a big strain on them at the moment, haven't they? And uh, like you say, everyone's been doing the the round of applause on a Thursday night. We I was doing mine out of me. Uh, my bathroom window the other night and all the people on the street were waving so uh, so yeah I think in in a way you have seen the, the good side of things I mean I went to Tesco tonight for a loaf and bits and bobs with my wife and talking to a few people in the queue and one thing I've noticed it has made people in, in um, especially around where we live you're not so much in your phone anymore. You are actually talking to people, you know, when you're in the queue to go in the supermarkets and stuff like that. So that's been been good to see. Um, but yeah, it, you've just got to make the best of the situation, Rob. I think, haven't you? And 
you know, uh, look after each other and, and do the best you can. Yeah, I think the clapping thing's a fantastic thing for all the doctors and nurses yeah. on the front line. You know I mean, they're the people putting the bodies on the line, aren't they, against this yeah. the virus that we haven't got a cure for, we've got no vaccination for. It's, it's scary, isn't it? You know what I mean? They're right at the yeah, right yeah. coalface, so, you know, they're, uh, you know, doing unbelievable stuff. So, yeah, it was, you know, all the people clapping outside. Got the loudest, I've got the loudest clap in the world, by the way. I don't really use it much. Um, which was that people like you know turn around thinking what where did that sonic boom come from? It was it, it proper loud, it's proper loud <laughs> clap. <laughs> I don't I don't pull it out of the bag very much, but I do have the ability. I always I always thought my dad had a loud clap because Ellen always says to me when when I do my full time match report videos, if Salford have won, she said I can always hear your dad clapping behind you. He sounds like a seal, you know, his <laughs> hands clapping together. Yeah, but no, uh, no, you need you need a big hard clap when you watch Salford, don't you, to make a bit of noise. I only pull that out on special occasions, like on, on Monday Clap, the NHS and all that. I don't do it just randomly. Uh, so yeah, so we're, in, uh, so we're all stuck in, but we're all hoping that you know we're going to get to the back end of it. Best thing is just to stay in the house, don't go out uh, unless you have to go shopping and that. That's all you have to do, stay in. Yeah. And then we can get back to normal then, can't we? Yeah, I think so, Rob. I think the more people sort of abuse it and, and go out, it's going to drag things on because... Um, I don't know. There's still people who aren't listening to the government guidelines, and you know, I'm no, I'm no sort of um, supporter of the Conservative Party and Boris Johnson and people like that. But I do sort of listen to what they're saying because I think you've got to do it timeless. I think there's a time and a place where you've got to do as you're told and and and, and, and sort of fall into line, haven't you? And um, the, the sooner people can get that in, into their heads, you know, the sooner we can sort of get over over this. Because you look now and you look on Facebook, you look on the news. You know, it's not just the flu. This is it. People are dying, and it's it's awful. And it, you don't know what's going to happen next. You just try and live your life, sort of take each day as it comes. I've always been a believer in that, and um, I think that's the only thing you can do. And it's like we'll probably go on to talk about rugby league in a bit, and you know the plans for rugby league and, and things like that. But at the moment, you've just got to take each day and each week as it comes, up you? And, and whatever happens, happens. Yeah, don't don't listen to Boris. Listen to the expert because that's what his job is. Boris is there to spin. I thought that's what he's there for to spin it, so yeah. it, it keeps everyone, you know, happy. With what you got, Ludwig, is listen to right. So the experts you got to listen to are Professor Chris Whitty, Sir Patrick Valance, and Professor Stephen Darwin's. They're the people in the no pod. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it. And then we'll all get back to normal then. Um, yeah. So there's loads of uh, loads of sofa chat. Well, loads of sofa chat. We've got an interview with Paul King about the the current state of the club and, and what the what they're gonna do and what what's happening. We've got all the big news coming out of Soul for the Devils this week. What uh, what's going to be entertaining us? Um, we're going to talk about the Catalan game and the Wigan game. It's going to start scoot through them. You're going to give your opinion on on both the games. Um, and then that's uh, that's our lot really, Paul, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Plenty to go out there though, mate. Yeah. So what we'll do, we'll uh, we'll start off with the uh, the games against uh, Catalan and Wigan. You're listening to Devil in the Detail, and this is your big match review. So, Paul, you went to France. Uh, Salford lost 30 points to 14. Um, it's a bit, of a bit of a closer game than, than the score made out. Can't remember, no, it's that long ago. <laughs> yeah, it was a good trip. Yeah, I enjoyed the trip, and yeah, it was a slow start to the game. Um, that's really what put us it, you know, behind the eight ball. The second half, I thought we, we, we were much improved in the second half and for large periods of the game in the, the second four, it was, was the better side and if you look at the scoreline, I think there's about eight minutes to go, there was only one score in it. I can't quite remember the, the score at that time but there was one, I'm sure it was, was it 20 points to 14 then we got 10 minutes to go yeah. and Catalan scored a couple of late tries didn't they, to, to run away. They were the better side on the night but for me, it was just um, that sort of attitude in the first 40 minutes that, that let us down really and I can't, I can't quite put my finger on that, and um, you know, let's have it right. Catalans are a good side; they've got some great players there, and particularly impressed with Israel Falau. But I also thought, you know, Elliot Keir did a fantastic job, and him, Reese Williams, they really kept Falau quiet until that last uh, last five minutes when he popped up and scored. So, really impressed with the, the two Welsh lads that they came in and did really well. And I thought it was a good effort. I don't, I don't think you could, you could question the effort of the players. And I spoke to Watto after the game. He thought the effort was was really good. It was just, you know, getting those those little things right and um, 
we seem to do that against Wigan. We did. We seem to click against Wigan. And listen to your interview before with Paul King. He was saying that it's just a shame now that obviously there's a big break because we did seem like we was getting that cohesion and that understanding between the players and kept Brown back in and Tuilola here. They seem to be getting that now, and uh, it's just a shame now that the season's sort of been put on hold. Yeah, obviously the, the Catalan game, couple of sort of decisions that didn't go our way. The Joey, Lus- Joey Lussick try, uh, which which should could and should have been. A try which could have turned the game, but as the season goes on, you're hoping that you know we get the uh, the rub of the green, uh, and the ones you don't get now, you'll get later. Yeah, they tend to say that, don't they? But I've never believed that theory. But <laughs> yeah. I know what you mean about the Joey Lussick one. Um, I was sat on the side stand at the top of the press box for the, for the match. I'll tell you what, it was cold as well. It was blowing an absolute gale. We walked up that main road to to the ground before the match, and it was about a 50, 60 mile an hour wind, and it seemed to calm down in the second half. But it wasn't wasn't like blistering temperatures whatsoever there in, in Perpignan. So, uh, so yeah, looking from where we were sat, it, it, it looked like a try that to me for for Lussick. and I can't remember what decision the referee gave. Um, I can't remember now from the game, but he, I, I thought he got over, and I thought that was a was a poor decision. I think there was a few decisions in that game that again didn't go our way. I didn't think we got the rub of the green in the match, and um, you know, we left ourselves too much to do really in the end. Yeah, it was a double movement that that Lussick was penalised for, and I, I thought it was because he, he was kind of reaching for the line with his chest. I, I, I think it was the right decision. Lots of people. Right. Think. Um, I didn't watch it live. I only watched it on. On the internet, on the on Twitter, so the camera angle I had was the camera angle rather than multiple angles within on the terrace and the, the camera. Mm. I think I think the double movements and things like that sometimes, if you if you watch them in slow motion, they look totally different to how they look in real time, don't they? So if you were to watch some certain tries in slow motion, sometimes it can look like a double movement. So I suppose it's your interpretation. Referee's got to make his decision, hasn't he? And um, did he go to the big screen for that one? The Lussick one. I can't remember. No, there was no big screen there, was there? No, no, there wasn't. No, no, it wasn't on the telly. It wasn't on French telly, was it? So, or was it on Sky? Uh, no. No, so I don't think there was a big screen there. It's a few weeks ago now. I can't remember. I'm, I'm pretty sure it wasn't on the French telly, so there was no video replays. Was there? there was no, no big screen. So, yeah, the referee had to make the decision there and then. And you've got to go with his decision. You've got to respect the decision at the end of the day. Yeah, you have. And obviously, you'd hope that you win some and you lose some. Uh, so we've got one in the bank for later. Um, but obviously, the week after we played Wigan, um, a good win in the end. Came back from, was it 10 points down at one point? Yeah, it was, what score did we win? 18-16, was it? 18-14. 18-14, yeah, we came back from 14-2 down, didn't we? It was two apiece and then Wigan yeah. scored uh, two tries, didn't they, to go in 14-2. Was it 14-2 at half-time? Yeah. Yeah, because they didn't score in the second half, didn't they? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it was a great comeback. I thought it was a tremendous comeback and... You know, Wigan, good side. I thought Wigan played pretty well on the night and I thought we showed an awful lot of character. We scored some cracking tries. Naya Levels, I thought, was absolutely tremendous under the high ball. He's a real live wire going forward as well. He's the jewel in our crown, really, in that game. And, you know, I think most Wiganers would probably say, yeah, he'd slot straight into our team as well because, uh, I mean, they've got some good players. But it was a great win, a great comeback and lovely to see Kevin Brown score against his old club as well there late on. And I think we thoroughly deserve the victory in the end. Yeah, it gives everyone that confidence, doesn't it? Yeah. Because obviously, you know, Wigan are a good side. Um, you know, the return of Jackson Hastings, he wanted to come back and, and sort of, you know, make a statement, which he did. He scored his try. But, you know, we, we have to show that we're, you know, a team without Jackson Hastings that, that can perform. And I thought we did uh, that day. And it, it was a good win for us. Um, and obviously, unfortunately, you know, other things have taken over our lives, haven't it? So we weren't able to build on that. Uh, but it was a good way to go into the uh, into the break. I think for me personally, going to the game, I didn't think the game was going to be on. And I remember coming out of the game afterwards. I spoke to Wattle, and, and I think my parting words to him was, "I'll see you when I see you," because I didn't think we were going to play Cast the week after. I had a feeling that you know all the other sports were seeming to be stopping, weren't they? And I think it was only a matter of time before the uh, the rugby football league followed suit. So yeah, it, it was frustrating. It, you know, it was great to get that win, though it really was. And you know, some of the performances, you know, Dan Sargent, I thought was absolutely outstanding. And I think the biggest cheer of the night was when he came with that tackle on Bevan French, where he absolutely rocked him, and that sort of turned the game really at the end. And 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 you know, we, we went on to win it from there, the, the, the closing stages. So, so yeah, it was a great confidence boost. It was great for the supporters. It gave everybody a big lift. And then um, we've just got this sort of 
gardening leave now, if you like, haven't we, in the, in the season, this break in the season where we don't really know what's going to happen. I mean, I've not got a clue when the season's going to start again. I mean, really, will it start again? I don't think anybody knows it at the moment. Yeah, it's, everything's up in the air, aren't they? We need to make sure that we're all safe, don't we, first, before we start thinking about playing sport. But we, we talked to Paul King in a bit, and he talks about you know what the, the clubs are thinking and, and what the RFL are thinking and you know how, how they're going to go down that road. So that's something to look forward to, Paul. Um, but yeah, obviously one win, one defeat since our last pod, and you know I'm sure we'll be looking, we'll be looking at it, and uh, when we do get back, uh, isolate you can't you, um, and they'll be you know ready for another well really tough period of, of games coming thick and fast probably. Yeah, well, it's a level playing field though, because all the clubs are the same, aren't they? Everyone's in the same boat. Nobody can go training. Everyone's self isolating, and players are isolating at home and, and doing what they can. And don't forget, we've drawn St. Helens in the Challenge Cup as well since our last podcast. So. Uh, Thanks for the RFL for giving us another, another tough cup draw. That should have been, you know, today as we record this on the Saturday, it should have been. So uh, so I'm not sure when that's going to happen. But but no, everyone will be in the same boat and it'll be be interesting to see what happens because uh, you know, the players want to play for, for, for quite some time. Yeah, so that's all, all the all the uh, playing uh, stuff, Paul, because obviously we've not played, have we, for a few weeks. Um, what we'll do, we'll look at all the, the big news uh, coming out of the South Red Devils this week. So, uh, we'll talk about uh, the big news. Um, the club have put all the staff on furlough leave. Um, obviously, it's to be expected, obviously, with the situation. All, lots of companies are doing it, aren't they? Lots of sports clubs are doing it. Um, so, it's probably the right decision. Yeah, you, you've got to do, Rob. I mean, my company, British Gas, are, are doing it as well. A, a lot of lads I know got furloughed last week. Um, I've not been yet, but... I don't know what's going to happen going forward, but yeah, it's difficult. There's, there's no money coming in, is there? I mean, thankfully for us, I don't think we play another home league game till well, for, for quite a while now. We've got quite a few away games, didn't we, on the spin? So, But the thing is, you've not got that, that match day thing. You probably don't sell a lot of merchandise as well because people aren't going out either to the stadium because they're not allowed. So, so yeah, I think it's, it's a good thing if you can do that and you know, one of the, the advantages for us, if it is an advantage, is we've not got a massive staff of people, have we, at the club as well. So, you know, um, it's, it's a difficult situation for everybody, but I think that's a bit of a, a lifeline for us if the government can help us out and, and help us out with the wages. Yeah, uh, obviously, there is, only, there is a little bit of money coming in. We've got the, uh, the squad builder, uh, we've got Red Devils TV, we've got the new... Uh, Devil's Draw, uh, the club have announced this week uh, that 13 chances to win every week. Um, you can, is it £4.34 a month or £8.68 a month? Uh, weekly draws, um, I think, is it £250 a week? And then £25 second place. Uh, two £25 and... No, that's not right. One £250, two £25 and ten ten pounds Is that 13 125. You're good at the maths, not me. 10, 12, yeah, 13 prizes, that's right. So one, one 250 quid, two 25 quids, and 10, 10 pounds. There's nowhere to spend it, though, because nowhere's open about <laughs> from supermarket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you better do a bit of damage at Asda's with 250 quid, wouldn't you? <laughs> Once you've queued up for two hours to get in. Yeah, so I think it's great. Obviously, you know, the, the club need it at this time. Fans were asking what, 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 what we can do, can't we, to help them. Uh, yeah. And they come up with this, so um, you know it's fantastic. Get get yourselves on it, uh, pay by direct debit, and, and if we can keep putting juice in the club's tank in this dif- difficult time, uh, it's all going to help the uh, the you know the process. And obviously, the, the foundation lads have been have been out um, helping delivering supplies to the vulnerable people in the, in our society. Uh, Danny Barton, Neil Blackburn, and amongst others have been out and about, and you know they're the Obviously, the foundation in certain situations like this going above and beyond getting shopping and, and you know, it shows out what a great um, organisation it is. It certainly does, and, and, and that sort of goodwill. People remember that. I think people remember that when, you know, when, when we get some good times and, and all this has passed. So, uh, so, yeah, we know what great work the foundation do and, you know, a long may that continue and well done to, the, to everybody involved in that and what they're doing. And just going back to what else were you saying there about the, the lottery and things like that, you've got the Red Devils TV as well, which I think we should we should give it a massive mention because, uh, you know, if you're missing your rugby league fix like a lot of people are, there's some great stuff on there. You know, some of the old games and I've been watching stuff on 
on uh, on YouTube and things like that. You know, old matches, and I've I've recorded the um, the rugby league that's been on the BBC today, the um, the old Challenge Cup matches, which I'm going to uh, watch later on tonight if um, I'm permitted by my missus. <laughs> but um, no, there's some great stuff on Red Devils TV. So if you can get involved with that and, and subscribe to that, you know, you, you'll you'll love that. Yeah, it's fantastic. Obviously, we, we, that's what we've kind of wanted through all these years, Paul. And now we've got it. Emma's doing a fantastic job, like you said, um, uploading all the old games. And, you know, it kind of helps you have that rugby league fix when there's no you know, real rugby going on. It, it keeps that engagement, doesn't it, and that community feel uh, with us fans and the club. Yeah, it certainly does. And there's been some fantastic memories as well. I know there's one or two floating around on, uh, on on Facebook as well on the various Salford fan page. You know, Colin Wilson has put some uh, really good videos on recently, the old sort of VHS videos he must have got. I mean, I've got a few in my collection I need to dig out. But you know, I saw one the other day, Steve Gibson scoring a try at the Willows. I think there's David Fell scoring in the Lancashire Cup final. So these are great and these are keeping people going, aren't they? Because, you know, it's difficult, isn't it, when there's no matches and not nothing to talk about. And, you know, we were Red Devils TV and the old games and that you can have a bit of nostalgia there, can't you? And, uh, and get your rugby league fix. I know Sky Sports have been putting games on, you know, memorable matches on Thursday nights and Friday night for us all to watch. And uh, yeah, I think that's what we need at this this moment in time. Keep our keep our chins up. Yeah, I made a cheeky list of the stuff on Red Devils TV. '69 Cup Final, Andy Burgess memories with beating Wigan in '96, uh, Challenge Cup, um, Keithley at Old Trafford, '91, uh, Halifax. 91, Halifax, 96, Keithley, yeah. Yeah, Blackpool, 2008, uh, Northern Rail Cup final. Uh, Doncaster. Loads of, uh, loads of good games there to, to keep you going. Um, so make sure you subscribe to that and, uh, you know, and, and enjoy it. Because um, obviously we need to be in the house, don't we? So you need to be entertained. Is the Northern Rail Cup final from 2003 on against Lee? I don't know, yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I didn't... Uh, I didn't fit on my list. Maybe. I've got that on video, so I'll try and get that to Emma if I can. Might be worth. I think. Yeah, they can have that. That was a good game. Huh? A well, it might be already on there. Check it out. Have a look. Yeah, I'll have a look for him because that 2008 one against Doncaster it was a good day out, wasn't it? But we absolutely hammered him 60 yeah. nil, didn't we? So it wasn't really. It was good, wasn't it? But it wasn't sort of a great game. But were you on the um, were you on the train from Eccles? No, we went in the car. I went in the car oh. and uh, did we stay? Or did, did we stay over a car? Did we stay? No, I think we just went for the day. I remember going around Blackpool and having a bit of a breakfast and then yeah. walking to the ground. It was dead windy, wasn't it? It's always dead windy there. But, uh, no, it was good. There was a lot of solver supporters there. We were in sort of, we were in like a corner, weren't we? Yeah. And then sort of went half of it, went round behind the sticks and then half went round on the side. It was a good day out. I was on the, I was on the rattle and me from, uh, from Eccles, the Salford special. Right. Uh, oh, I remember seeing the photos. There was loads of people oh, on yeah. it. It was like a proper cup final. You know, like in, in the 60s, you know, like in the 70s where you used to just pile on the train. And there was people yeah. hanging off the train. It was amazing. Um, and we won. And we won. <laughs> Easy. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was a yeah, it was a good day. Good day. And, and we won a cup at the end of the day, which is which is great. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So that's lots of stuff to to look forward to there, Paul, uh, on Red Devils TV. Hopefully, like the Emerald Emma's quite busy. She is uploading games left, right, and centre. So, um, she'll have a she'll have a job on uploading all them games, and we can uh, enjoy more glorious uh, victories for us over Red Devils. Uh, on yeah. TV. So, um, next part of this podcast, Paul, uh, I spoke to director Paul King uh, about uh, what was going on with, with the club at, at the moment due to this coronavirus, um, and he gave us a useful insight, and this is what he had to say. So I'm joined uh, by Salford Red Devils director Paul King. Uh, welcome to the show, Paul. A uh, long time since you've been on. Last time you were on, you gave us a bit of a prediction about our glorious run to the uh, to the grand final. Got it spot on. Uh, any uh, any other predictions you want to share with us in the next uh, couple of minutes? Uh, yeah, we'll play again in 2020. I'm fairly confident of that. Other than that, no, mate, no. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, you know, let, looking back at the whole uh, coronavirus uh, pandemic, uh, going way back to our game against Catalan uh, when it was kind of only just starting. Um, we travelled to Catalan. Was there any kind of sort of talking within the club whether we weren't going to go at any point? Yeah, it was. We all we were doing we were just keeping ourselves abreast of, of the latest government updates, literally every every two or three hours. And even as close as I think a Wednesday uh, before the game, uh, we thought it might be a bit touch and go because the, the the French government were um, seemed to be a bit of ahead of the curve. Um, really, or it was hitting them a bit harder. Um, 
so yeah, so uh, there, there was that talk, but we didn't pull the pin, did we? And, and as, as a club, we weren't in a position, uh, rightly or wrongly, financially, we couldn't just not do it. We'd have got a pretty heavy fine. Um, we'd have lost the hotel money. We'd have lost the flights. Um, yeah, we'd have lost the two points as well. We lost the two points anyway, but you know what I mean. Um, yeah, we, we just weren't in a position to do it. So you, in those situations, you just have to follow government guidelines at that point. And the guidelines were that travel was okay and we could crack on with it. So we did. Yeah, obviously Leeds didn't go the week after and the RFL have kind of sort of issued a, a kind of a sort of a hidden kind of warning that they might be getting sort of a fine or, a, or something to come. Uh, do you think that's a, a bit of a strong uh, thing from the RFL? Do you think it was the right thing or the wrong thing to do? I think it's the right thing to do. It's, it's the operational rules at the end of the day. Um, pe- people may have misinterpreted it. it. doesn't necessarily mean they're going to get a fine or whatever. Uh, what, what all they're saying is that Leeds just can't arbitrarily make that decision. Uh, and they did. So it has to go through the RFL. There's no saying the RFL wouldn't have supported them. They just didn't tell them. Um, so, you know, and the guys who were, were holed up, um, self-isolating, my understanding is that they did not have coronavirus. Um, Lee's just made that decision. So um, the, the RFL will deal with that when they deal with it, I think. Yeah, the week after we played Wigan at home, obviously the pandemic was growing at that point. Um, was there any kind of point that that game could have been called off, even though it was played? Yeah, we're waiting for it. We're waiting for it. Mate. Um, we, we we thought we might uh, not necessarily a lockdown, but we thought sporting events would be would be knocked on the head. Um, it's difficult because you're on Sky and you've got you've got a duty of responsibility for your what is in essence the the sports major sponsor. Um, so again, it, it, we were sat waiting on government guidelines um, right away up until I think it was a Thursday, um, and it ju- it just went ahead, didn't it? And I, f- I think um, if I've got it right, if memory serves me right. Um, the season was uh, was postponed at that point from the Monday after that week. Those weekend fixtures were done, but yeah, I'm glad that one went ahead though. Good way yeah. to stop it. Yeah, it was it was a good a good way to to, to simply suspend the season for us anyway. A good win. Um, obviously, at that point we haven't played any games since. Uh, is that obviously a bit of a crushing kind of blow for all the clubs, not not just us? Um, yeah, it is. You, you all, all you guys are up and ready. Um, you know they've done the pre-season they're getting into game six and round seven now um they're really hitting the straps this is where um people start to put a bit of distance between themselves and the pack we were we were starting to you could see certainly with us um that we're starting to get some of that 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 cohesion together and attack which was um fundamentally our problem for a, a few of the earlier earlier games in the season but you could see that was starting to click um kevin was starting to link in with two we two was starting to um, look a bit more like himself again defensively I thought we were pretty sound so yeah we're starting to just which really, it's quite disappointing that you've got to stop um, obviously possibly the right thing to do um, but it just means you've got to restart again doesn't it so at some point be it June, July whatever um, we're, we're going to go through that process again and restarting again and I think because of the way the fixtures are, are, are cramming now you're not going to get much of a pre-season out of it you're just going to lump straight in I think yeah Obviously, you know, we, we haven't played for a couple of weeks. Uh, you've, you've put, obviously, all the staff at the club on on on, on furlough. Um, you know, is, is, well, that's a, a good thing, obviously, keeping the, you know, the club ticking. Obviously, you don't want that extra cost of everyone sort of wages at this point. No, it's, it's, um, it was just a sensible thing to do. It's a bit of a no-brainer, really. We, the, the, Joey on social and Emma on RDTV uh, are not on furlough. They're still functioning. But, but it's jobs you can do from home. Uh, with everybody else, um, it was just a sensible thing to do to put them on furlough. The government um, will, will, will top up, uh, well, they'll, they'll go to 80% to a, to a max of 2.5k. Um, the, the, the club's intention is, is, is to top up in April and then we'll just we'll review it week by week from, from here on in, I guess. Depends really if, if people start... Um, Cancelling direct debits for season tickets on mass and, and uh, sponsors start to fall by the wayside. Sky might not pay put monies in that kind of stuff. So it, it, you, you've got to be flexible. You've got to adapt to it and go with the flow of what's uh, what's happening on a day by day basis. Really, and I'm literally I'm on um, I'm on voice calls like this, I'm on video calls every day, every day. Be it with the other Super League chairman, be it with Super League as a whole, be it with the RFL, um, literally every day. Two or three hours a day. Yeah, obviously, all the clubs that have got together, they've had meetings about about what what's going on. 
how, how has that gone uh, regarding all the clubs together? Have all the clubs kind of pushing the right direction? Or do clubs have certain things that they thought they're looking after their own self-interest a little bit? Uh, well, you're always going to get a bit of that, I think, uh, to be fair. I think primarily we're all um, on, on the same page. I think everybody's trying to make the, the most sensible moves for their clubs. Um, I think um, some people uh, are looking at it slightly different than others. Um, I think um, we, we don't have a benefactor. Uh, we're the only club in Super League that doesn't. Um, so we, and we have to be kind of tight with ourselves a little bit. At the same time, um, the other side of that coin, I think, is that, that I sit here with an overall total staff of 42, including players. Um, St. Helens have got over 300, Wigan same, Warrington similar. Um, so for 57 out of 60 months of a five-year cycle, it's pretty tough being us. Uh, for three months of a global pandemic, we do have a slight advantage in that respect, I have to say. I suppose that all the clubs will probably want the same amount of money, same amount of money they do get off the government, which will help us because there'll be sort of more to share around our small... You know, that, that'll, that'll, that'll be really interesting, Rob. That'll be really interesting, mate. I'm bracing myself for that one because um, about 18 months ago, we asked for help and didn't get it. Um, so we had to find our own way of, of, of digging our way around that. Uh, but we're all in it together now. So we're all in it together. Um, and in about a month, six weeks, the government may well put some sort of a package together for the RFL uh, and then we'll distribute it. So I'm really, really interested uh, to see how together we are when it comes to what funds get distributed. Which will be very interesting. Uh, obviously, we'll be looking we'll be for, me. for that. Yeah. We'll be for me. We'll stand our corner on that one, Rob. Don't you worry. Um, and, and I get it. I, I understand that some clubs will come from a perspective that they've got um, they've got bigger overheads than us, um, and they have big stadiums, and they've lost this and they've lost that. And we're only tenants. I get all that. Um, but we were left with a debt that a chunk of do- choke a donkey and a, and a CBA. So um, we've also got a massive, much much bigger debt than anybody else in Super League. So um, I'm, I'm happy to stand in my corner when it comes to divvying the money up. Cool. Um... Obviously, looking forward, sort of the plan to get the, the season uh, going. Uh, there's sort of different sort of scenarios being floated about. Um, obviously, look to be playing behind closed doors. Uh, all the teams kind of playing in one kind of area, like a magic weekend, but so maybe over one or two stadiums. Um, what what would be your preference? Would, would you rather not not play until we're, we're we're totally clear, or would you want to play in a behind closed doors or play in a kind of magic weekend kind of scenario? Uh, first, first and foremost, it's important that everybody's health and well-being is uh, at the forefront. So, um, the the only way you'd want to do closed doors um, is if it was to benefit your TV deal negotiations with Scanner. You wouldn't want to, um, and, and certainly even then, it can't be a risk to the players in, in terms of passing the virus. So, uh, I'm not. I've, I've read a, a bit about the NRL and they're looking to. Uh, play here, there and some 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 island off the coast and all that kind of stuff. Um, I don't think we have that. So can we all go to the Isle of Man? I'm not sure. Um, yeah. it, it's, uh, I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, everybody's got the budgets, yeah? So everybody's budgeted based on, on certain levels of attendance, etc. Um, and certain levels of, of, of TV monies. Um, so I, I, I just don't think replicating Magic Weekend, weekend after weekend behind closed doors um, will service people's budgets at all. Um is help avoid penalties from the, the, the broadcaster, I guess. Um, so if, if it comes to that, then you do it, um, as long as the health and well-being of the players is, is at the forefront of it. Yeah, talking about health and well-being of the players, uh, Gary Heverington, uh, the Leeds uh, CEO, he uh, talks about playing three games a week um, You know, when we do come back. Do you, do you think, obviously, that's going to be a bit too much for, for players? Because, obviously, rugby leagues are you know, super physical contact sport and playing three games a week, sure, the quality will drop. Yeah, and that's, what, what will happen inevitably? That personally, I think it's like Sunday, Wednesday, you might get away with. But you've got to get certain, certainly not three games a week, you've got to get um, certain certain um, flexibilities within the operational rules as well. So we've got um, guys like uh, Lewis Roberts, uh, Conor Aspie, um, Jamie Ardbrun, who are, who are you know performing uh, to a pretty high level in reserve grade, or were performing to a pretty high level in reserve grade until their season uh, come to a grinding halt. Um, so you would look to incorporate those guys into the first team squad. The only problem is operational rules dictate that if you do that, 
then you've got to pay them a, a minimum level, which is um, much more than you'd want to, to be perfectly honest, you know. Um, so at the moment, they're on a, on, on a certain level on reserve grade and academy contracts. Um, you notch that up a bit and, and utilise them three or four times in the first grade to get you through um, two games a week for a month. Um, and, you, you know, you, you're probably knocking out 50, 60 grand to do that. And I think operationally, that's just madness, really. Um, and nobody wants to do that. Everybody wants to give the kids a shot. And, 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 uh, and at the same time, um, you've also got to consider... Um, the, the, the likes of yourself and, and you know Salford fans generally or rugby league fans generally they want to come out and they want to see Tui and Kev Brown mixing it up in the middle they want to see Joey Lussick uh, at Dummy Half um, and with all due respect to Lewis, Jamie and, and, and Connor um, they, they're 12 months to two years away from that level just yet so you know and, and if everybody's going to put four or five reserve grade guys in just so they can rotate a bit more uh, and play two games a week uh, yeah, of course the standard's going to drop. Are people still going to turn up to watch it? Um, and I'm, I'm not sure. Again, it falls back to, to budgeted attendances. I'm, I'm sorry to talk about money, um, but it's what keeps us afloat. Yeah, that's the important thing, I suppose, in this situation. For everybody in rugby league, obviously that, the money is the important thing. We love the sport, but we obviously we need to make sure the juice comes in at the right time, don't we? Yeah, we did. Without it, we did. Um, you know, and, and we've done a lot of things over the course of over the course of last month. I've... Um, We've negotiated with HMRC, we've kicked PAYU and VAT into the long grass until July. Um, and that could go back even further. But, you know, uh, and that's why we're furloughed, because at some point we'll need that money, because HMRC is going to come a calling. They're not letting you off with it. All they've done, the keyword there is deferred. You know, so you're ever conscious of that. At some point, something's going to hit you. Um, and we've got, no attendances. We've got uh, little or no merch going out at the moment. Our, um, our main things at the moment are RDTV, Squad Builder, and we've just relaunched. The, we do a lottery scheme as a partnership with Bolton. Uh, and for whatever reason, um, they can't do that. They're, they're all furloughed. So we, we've got Colin, the lottery guy, is is um, really hard on it, I have to say. Fair play to Col. Um, uh, and so we're launching our own for a short period of time. Um, so if people want to support us and, and just do one-off kind of donation type things then, then the lottery is one way of doing it squad builder is and, and RDTV is another yeah. um, and that's basically they're, they're our only sources of income at the moment which is so important at this point because obviously even if even if it's not a massive amount of money it's juice coming in yeah it is, it is. I, I say only source of income obviously we're still getting the Sky TV money at the moment but we're at the stage now where we, we're, we're knocking out we're mapping out different forecasts so we know we've got guarantees on Sky income for April, May and June there's absolutely no guarantee for July. If there's no live games, Sky could uh, call it a day at that point and, and not push the July, August, September money through, at which point you've got to map out a programme so that you can survive uh, May, June, July, August, September, even through to November, which is contractual end for, for the players. Um, so you, you, you've got to get all those plans in place. So it's been um, much busier than it should have been. Um, this, this last month just putting lots of different plans together lots of mapping of different financial positions and, and options and possibilities and, and you, you're literally adjusting them every other day because things change you've got to be really fluid with the way that you do it yeah and obviously do you obviously look at other sports like the Premier League and the cricket and see when they're planning their sort of season start do you, do you kind of take a lead from them a bit do you think well we, if they're looking to plan to start in June maybe we could no, mate, not really. Um, I, I, I think um, everybody's in the same boat. They all want to get back as soon as they possibly can. Um, I think if you ask United or, or Lancashire Cricket, um, Manchester Storm doesn't matter. We, we all want to get back playing the sport that we love as quickly as we possibly can. Uh, from a players' perspective, from a supporters' perspective, and from a bloke behind the scenes with a calculator, counting the money's perspective, we definitely want to get back to playing as quickly as we possibly can. Have you... Have you had contact with many players about what they've been doing while they've been self-isolating? Yeah, I've, I've, we've had a couple of conference calls now uh, with the guys. Um, did in four groups, um, back office, back room, forwards and backs. <laughs> so if you get too many on a conference call, it falls over. Um, but yeah, we, we, we've done a, a bit of that. Um, I know that there's there's a lot of comms with the guys anyway. Um, I, I as I think I mentioned it last time I was on, Robert, I desperately try not to get involved in football. I really don't. 
Um, I just like to watch the games. It's just, I think it, if, if, if you see too much behind the scenes at the puppet shoot at the show, then it kind of ruins it for you, doesn't it? So um, I, tr- I try not to. Uh, I try to treat it just as, and it is difficult, I just try to treat it as a normal business. Um, it's just like the day job, really, if I can. Um, difficult, though, that is. Obviously, you're the man who, who kind of guided us to, to the grand final, you know, behind the scenes. Uh, obviously, is this like another, is this the biggest challenge you've, you've had uh, at Salford or, or would it be getting us to the grand final and keeping us sort of afloat? No, this is me, definitely. By, by, by some considerable distance, I have to say. Listen, the grand final bit was about facilitating uh, and, and, and trying to, from my perspective, it was just about trying to, to make some of the the conditions uh right around the club I guess um, but primarily the grand final was about a, a very special group of players and a very talented head coach um, and again I, th- I think we've got a, a talented group again we've still got the same head coach thankfully um, we've got a very talented group of players again who were just starting to gel um, for, for me the whole focus for me is to keep us alive um, so that they can do what they do I don't um, the only input I have on players is when Bleasy comes at me and says, we're having a look at him and this is how much we need to get. And I start, I start going at it with my calculator and then it's kind of like, mm, yeah, no. Or um, they need to start getting a bit creative about the way that they arrange a deal and all that kind of stuff. So at that point, I'll get involved. I don't. The, the only times I've ever commented on, on a player, and I think I told you last time, was when they said they were going for Gil Dudson. And I said, what do you want in for? Um, it shows you I know absolutely nothing because it's been an absolute revelation for us. So, uh, so uh, there you go. But I, I, I know hold my piece on that one. Gill's uh, a superb advocate for the club, mate. How, obviously, because the season gets kicked, sort of pushed back and pushed back, does the deadlines for signing people and, and contract negotiations get moved back as well? Or does it stay where it is? Well, we've, we've, I, I do, a, um, I do a, a fairly frequent call with the, um, the UK-based chairman. Um, I'll... I'll, I'll, I'll a bit more on that. It's, it's difficult with Toronto and Catalan because they have separate governance, obviously, France and, and Toronto. Um, uh, sorry, France and Canada. <laughs> so um, it's difficult. That's one of the challenges about coming back fixture-wise because they can't travel. You know, and Canada's got all that. that um, so you've got to take that into account. You've got to take into account, um, will Toronto actually be able to play a game in Canada in 2020? I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure they will. Um so then there's a possibility that Toronto, who are in country here, might have to play all their home games in the UK when they come back. Um, does that compromise the competition? Does it? You know, can Catalan, and, and I'll go further than that, in the Championship, can Toulouse actually travel? Because they're stuck in France. Mm. Um, so, so it could be that we're all good to go in June, but they can. And bearing in mind that Catalan's still got three games to rearrange that have already been postponed. Yeah. Um, you know, there's the World Club Challenge thing. There was the, the I think it was the game against Wakey that was was rained off and all that kind of stuff. Or something like that. Some sort of weather impingement on that. So I think Catalan's got three outstanding games. Uh, so they've got to fit in three more than we have in in, in a short period. So um, that might be where Gary was coming from with with, with three a week. That might be Catalan for you. Um, and I don't know where they play. I don't. Um, I don't know what the travel. And nobody does. Nobody knows what the travel situation is going to be in France, in and out of France. Um, so that's that's a, another huge challenge. Uh, that, that, that's, thankfully, I'm not on the fixtures committee, but it's a huge challenge for the people on the fixtures committee. So, I, so I do these meetings with with the, the UK based chairman, um, and we're all um, we're all to try to do the right thing for the sport. But you've also got to try and do the right thing for your club within that as well. Uh, and it, it's it's challenging. It's, it's very very difficult. Nobody wants anybody else to fall over, um, but nobody wants to. Um, give everything away either I guess is the way I would word it yeah that's that's a perfect way to, to finish, it, finish it off Paul Big thanks for, for joining us on the podcast and uh, telling us what's going down always a pleasure Rob anytime mate. so that was me and Paul King uh, talking about what's going on at the club at the moment Paul and uh, you know it was a fantastic insight into into what's going on yeah, it certainly was. Uh, I like Paul. Got a lot of time for Paul. We've had a few chats with him, haven't we? And uh, you know, great, great interview with that Rob. I enjoyed listening to it. Some good questions, and I think yeah, Paul answered them really well as well. And I think one thing you've got with Paul is he's got the club at heart, hasn't he? And you can you can hear that passion in his voice. A few of his answers there. He's you know he's very philosophical about the situation, and I think you've you've got to be really. I mean, nobody knows what's going to happen. You can only sort of do as you're told, and 
you know, just you know, going there. What you said about the the Leeds trip, you know, when they didn't go over to to France and things like that, and you know, nobody knows really what's going to happen, do they? And it's 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 one of those. I think the club have just got to keep meeting with people if they go on these like sort of conference calls, don't they? And just keep talking. And I think things are just going to develop as as the weeks go by, aren't they? And you just got to take it as it comes and. I don't know. For me, will the season get written off? I don't know. There could be a point where we're not going to play another game. You don't really know what's going to happen. I mean, I don't think it's wise to play games behind closed doors and things like that. To me, I don't think there should be any matches until the government say it's safe to sort of play again. Because um, if it's not safe to have supporters there, it's not safe to have players there for me. So I just leave it now until you know it's the all clear and we can all get our lives back to normal. I mean. Some people might disagree with that, but I think that's the way I'd, I'd play it, though. I think it's one of them, though, because Paul kind of talks about sort of the money side and, you know, how mm. that's the important part, really. We all we all get sort of mixed up in the in the love of it and the magic of it, and, you know, yeah. but really, it's, it's juice in your tank. And and I can't see, unless the RFL and, and the, the, the Sky uh, money and the government come in and say, look, what we'll do, we'll, we'll, we'll tide you over. Uh, till till sort of December time, and you can start again on on your own sort of process. Um, but will that happen? I don't know. I know what you say, Boris Johnson, and the government are throwing money around left, right, and centre, found finding all kinds of money trees when when there was no money trees before. Um, but I don't know how much money you can keep throwing at stuff uh, without wanting wanting some of it back. You know what I mean? So we'll have yeah. to we'll have to we'll have to jump that hurdle uh, when we get there. But what I know about Paul King and uh, is that he's got that steely, steely look about him, and, he, and he's not going to get bullied by by other clubs, as, you know, about because they've got bigger wage bills or, or bigger overheads than we have. If if they need big money, we'll get the big money as well, regardless of what our overheads are. So you know, it, it's it's going to be interesting to see what the the Super League clubs and the RFL can kind of like get off sort of the government um, and how that is distributed amongst all all the playing clubs. Uh, but I'm sure Paul's going to be uh, at the front of the queue organising mm. because he's got that in him. I think for me now, Rob, um, this is a perfect, even though it's a really bad situation with the coronavirus, this is a perfect situation now for Rugby League to come together. I think it's a perfect situation for the, the RFL to come together with Super League, you know, Barla, all the amateur clubs, and, and just, just help each other. And, you know, whatever money they get there, that money's got to be evenly distributed and you've all got to help each other out. It's all right, Wigan and St. Helens and Warrington saying they've got massive overheads, they need all this and that. A lot of these other clubs like, you know, like, like so Batley, Bramley, uh, Bramley, sorry, Dewsbury, uh, Whitehaven, Workington, Rochdale on, it's all these other clubs, Swinton, you know, they, they need help as well. They, they don't get massive crowds like some of the, the top boys do. So I think it is a time we all need to, you know, the, the sport needs to come together and, and you know, come, come as one. And when all this sort of, when you do get the green light for the rugby league to start again, you know it's going to be great. People are going to go to the matches, and are we going to see a boom in attendances? You know, because at the moment people are climbing the walls, aren't they? With nothing to go and do, so let's hope that people do back the sport and, and come out and start watching. You know, not just Salford, but you know the lesser clubs, the smaller clubs in, in lower leagues as well. I'd love to see that. You know, people go and fill fill the grounds and go and get behind the clubs. And I just hope the rugby league do it the right way because over the years the rugby league have done stuff the wrong way haven't they and there's been backhanded deals and all sorts have gone on so I just hope it's all done above board and it's done fairly but let's let's all the clubs just come together now and help each other because I think that's what it needs it'll just kind of depend on how much they get off the government really yeah and and we don't know and I don't think they know at the moment what they're going to get so they can't it's all speculation in it but if you were going to obviously this is a political podcast at all but if the conservatives want to, to keep the seats in the north that they won in the election, they can't let the local rugby, team, rugby league team die. Well, what you've got with a lot of these rugby league teams is, Rob, it, it's, rugby league is the heart of a lot of these communities yeah. in, in the north of England. You like sort of, um, not particularly Salford because it's a very cosmopolitan area now, but if you, you go in further afield to likes of Whitehaven, Workington and Barrow and places like that, Batley, Dewsbury, Featherstone, these sort of the old mining towns up there, Wakefield and that. These are, you know, Hull, Hull Kingston Rovers, places like that. These are what people live for. And, mm. you know, you take that away from the community and you, you've took away a lot of people's lives. You know, it means a lot to people. It's not just a sport. It is what people do. It's what they talk about. And it's, 
you know, it means so much to, to those families and that. So, yeah, I think it does need some help. And without me having a pop at Sky, because Sky put a lot of money into rugby league, I think Sky have got a bit of a duty of care now to rugby league. You know, it's not our decision to not play these games. It's, it's you know, it's a, it's a global epidemic health crisis. So, really, Sky Sports shouldn't be putting pressure on the rugby league. I think they should be helping us out and, you know, giving us this stay of execution, really. That's my point of view, anyway. I don't think they should be forcing people to play games. That because the number one priority in all this, Rob, is people's health. Yeah. And that goes for players as well. Players aren't, you know... As we've said before, they're not Sabutio players. We get out once a week, you know, throw them on playing behind closed doors. They could be taking all sorts of stuff back to their families, you no know, virus and all. They're going to have young kids. To me, the, the health of people comes first. It does, it does, Paul. And, and that's the, the main thing, I think, obviously, going forward. It's, we've got to make sure that everything's okay before we, we, can't, we start, because we can't chance, you know, this. Obviously, there's no cure for it yet or, or vaccine or anything like that. Um, for the next what twelve months, but um, I don't think I don't think you can wait sort of twelve months, can we? We'll, we'll need to do something, but I don't know. It's it's all in the air. Nobody nobody knows, do they? Really, and that's the that's the uh, that's the thing. That's the problem. Everyone just keeps kicking cans down the road uh, until you hit the wall. It's uncharted territory. Isn't it? I mean, I've never known anything like this in my lifetime. I'm thirty seven now. And... I've never seen anything like this. I, I suppose there has been stuff like this in years gone by. I've heard heard stories about other sort of you know, health pandemics and things like that, but I've never known anything like this. And it's, I'm not really a worrier. I don't really worry about things. I just sort of plod on every day. And, but people do, people do worry, don't they? And, and, and rightly so. You, you don't really know what's going to happen. You, no one knows, do they? So I think you've just got to do your best and you follow the government's guidelines, keep, keep yourself clean as we've, we've, we've laboured the point before, haven't we? And, and just take each day as it comes and, and don't make rash decisions. Don't, I mean, I hear people all the time saying, oh, it might be all back on in June and July. It might not be, though. You can't really say that. I think you've just got to wait and just be patient. And, you know, as I said, health comes first. Yeah. Uh, the experts are called Chris Whitty, uh, Patrick Valance and Stephen Hollis. They're the three people you need to listen to, really, in these uh, in these prefer conferences. They're the people who are going to tell you how it is rather than what they want, to, they want you to hear. Yeah. Anyway, so that's all. That's all the news, Paul. Um, that was a fantastic interview, like we said with, with Paul King. Yeah, it was. Um, to finish, Paul, what we'll do with a bit of light-hearted uh, chat, really. Okay. Um, obviously, before all the uh, the stockpiling um, yeah. of, of food, people going mad buying toilet rolls and hand sanitizers and all that. Um, if you could go shopping, because obviously now shopping's only a one-person job now, isn't it? Mm. But if you were before before it all kicked off, if you could go shopping with any sofa player to help you do your shopping, who would it be and why? Polly Polly. Because? Because he's massive mm. and people just move out of his way. And he'd be able to reach stuff on the top shelves. I mean, I could anyway because I'm pretty big, but I just think me and him and Aldi or whatever... There'd be no stopping us. <laughs> yeah, we'd be like launching bog rolls to each other and kitchen rolls and that. <laughs> just, just a bit, just a bit on that. You know, you said about like you know people stockpiling and that. Yeah, it made me laugh a bit really because you cannot buy hand sanitizer or soap in yeah. in a shop for love and money. The aisles are just empty, aren't they? And I'm thinking, well, if everybody's stockpiled all this hand sanitizer and then they're all sort of self-isolated. They don't need the bloody hand sanitizer now because they're not going anywhere. So people, you know, key workers who are working need it but it's all in people's houses and people's drawers yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a bit crazy isn't it really? but the thing is though with hand sanitizers it doesn't matter whether yeah. your hands are clean if someone else's hands aren't clean they spread it that's it so that's it. The key, you keeping all the hand sanitizers doesn't, yeah. doesn't make any sense at all no it doesn't no, <laughs> just buy one I think the worst yeah. thing about the hand sanitizer thing was on the on the news it was obviously the news and I can't remember who it was now some woman just came out and said yeah if it's alcohol based it'll kill it and just kind of made it like a flippant remark. And then suddenly, <laughs> the next day, everyone just decided to run out and buy as much alcohol-based sand sanitizer as you can get. And that's that's the, that's the scary thing about it, because people were like a desperate aunt because they're thinking, well, I need yeah. it just to protect myself. And as soon as they, as soon as this woman, I can't remember what I said, uh, you know, you'll need some you know, alcohol-based sand sanitizer, Will's wife yeah. ran out and bought it. You know what I mean? The same way when they were talking about... Um, um, what was it called? Paracetamol mm. and ibuprofen, and ibuprofen not working, but you know, not solving a problem. 
and suddenly all the all the shelves are full of ibuprofen and no paracetamol. You know, yeah. Um, because you know, because they decided in France that that like, cowpole was like gold dust. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it, yeah. it, it's got to be so. You know, when you when you're watching these these briefings every day, don't watch don't watch don't watch the you know the news every day because that'll that'll depress you. Uh, but when you do. Just what, listen to the experts and don't listen to anyone else because they know they know what's going on, don't they? Yeah, that's right. Um, well, I can get hand sanitizer anyway, and I had a bit of a I don't know if it's a brainwave or not. You might have seen a bit of a wally, but I bought, I bought some um, only one bottle, Listerine, you know the mouthwash. Yeah. I thought if this virus gets into me into my mouth, well, that Listerine's alcohol in it, and that'll kill it. So <laughs> I bought some of that and I just swill that three times a day, but. I, I, I put it in my hands every now and again, and all because it's alcohol in it. Yeah. So, not ever done. I've done right there or not, but <laughs> yeah. don't ever don't ever be going buying Listerine now. Right now. <laughs> There's some for me. You'll be rushing out now. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be a rush on a, at Supergrug tomorrow. Well, I mean, where's all the Listerine come from? Yeah, it'll be a, yeah. Oh, it's like, it's like fire water though, isn't it? It's like, it makes my eyes water. I keep it in my mouth for, for long enough. I've got a nice, I'll tell you what, my teeth are clean. <laughs> <laughs> <You're not>. <laughs> <laughs> mouth will be clean, Paul. That's all that matters. Um, pearly white teeth, though. Pearly white teeth. That's what that's what, that's what you want. Um, my player, I'd be I'd be going shopping with. It'd be uh, it'd be Chris Wellham. Do you know why? Because I could give him the toilet roll, right? I'd pass it to him. He'd step out of the way. He'd fend one. He'd fend one person off, <laughs> and then go. <laughs> he'd go through the gap and he'd go and pay for it. And that's what and that's what he does. You know, I've touched people or two meter rule. It's true, but he has got a big hand off, hasn't he? He probably could be six foot someone and fend them, at, fend them off at the same time. As long as he's got his rubber gloves on. <laughs> so yeah, that's who that's who I'd be. Uh, that's who I'd go um, stockpiling with. Uh, cool. Even though stockpiling is not as bad. Sorry, don't do it. Everyone, we've got enough food and stuff for everybody if we all just shop responsibly. Yeah. Uh, other bits in you. Other other question I wanted to ask you, Paul, was. Um, well, I, I, if, if you were going to self-isolate with a Salford, with a person from Salford club, who would mm. who would it be? I know, I know who, who you would who you would self-isolate with. Go on. You would self-isolate with Ian Watson. What? Because you get on really well with him. You could talk rugby with him all, all day rather than three minutes. Um. And you, and you, you know, you, you're nice with him. You don't, you don't like, you know, you respect him. You know, you have a bit of a laugh with him. I think them twelve weeks of just fly by. You think so? Oh, right, yeah. Mm. And he's got a laptop was... as well. And he's got a laptop because yeah, yeah. I've seen, I've seen a picture on in Twitter, Twitter with a laptop. So you could use his laptop to Skype me. On the to do the podcast. podcast. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's a, I know. I keep saying I need to get a laptop. Yeah. Oh, the borrow bottle. <laughs> no, I was going to say um, I, I wanted to self isolate with Elliot Keir. Oh, Just because he does bobsleighing down his stairs, yeah. <laughs> I want to have a go on that cardboard box. <laughs> I saw um, I saw Greg Burt doing kickups before. Yeah, he did well, didn't he, with the rugby ball? That's difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin Brown doing like a, a trip shot kickup thing. Uh, who's doing the tea this tea bag challenge? Is that Joey Lussick? Joey Lussick and Jackson Hastings. I seen George Griffin. George Griffin is really funny. Yeah, I've watched some of his videos today, and I was absolutely howling with laughter. He's really funny, George Griffin. Yeah. Yeah, it's really funny. You see the one where, they sh- where she shaved his head? Where he touched his yeah. head? Yeah. Oh, I watched that today, it. yeah. My <laughs> missus was howling at that one. Yeah. That was a good one. Well, that's, it. that's the thing that's going to get us through, isn't it? This, uh, yeah. This period yeah. of humour and, and having a laugh. And, you know, it's... it's Obviously, we're all, we're all isolated, but we're, we're still all together, aren't we? Yeah, of course we are, mate. I think after this... Uh, hopefully, when it all finishes, I'm, I'm looking forward to having a bit of a night out, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I don't go out very often, to be honest with you, but uh, chowing for a pint. No? Yeah. <laughs> I think once you once you have something taken away from you, you can't go out. You want to go out even more, then, don't you? Yeah. That, first, that first that first game back is going to be going to be something special. That yeah, it'd be good. Uh, yeah, there's there's just the little things I'm missing. I mean, I'm missing my training. I'm missing going boxing with my mates and that. Uh, missing them like mad. I, I, I text my mate Brian a couple of times a week and I see how he's going. He's been pretty poorly actually. He had a chest infection. He's been off. Because um, he thinks he had, um, you know, Brian, my trainer, don't you? Oh yeah, big bald fella. Mm-hmm. Well, he, he had um, he had a sort of a chest infection before Christmas, um, and he thinks that might have been Corona yeah. because he had all the symptoms of it, you know, in November. Oh yeah. 
who went to where we don't really know. But yeah, and I'm missing all that. So it'd be nice to, to to get back to reality. And I suppose we, like you said, we've just got to all look after each other, haven't we? And uh, you know, uh, do our best. Yeah. Uh, so big thanks to you to this week's uh, Devil the Detail podcast. I'm Ron Parkson. You can find us on Facebook, Devil Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter at the ITDSRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Radio Contact. So don't forget, keep everyone safe. Don't go out, listen to the government guidelines, and help save lives. And wash your hands. And wash your hands.